What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. Happy holidays to everyone. We are back with our last episode before Christmas and probably before the new year. Obviously, we are both uh, traveling and doing different things around the Christmas time. But uh, fun episode today, just before we get into it. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for making Coast to Coast your first listen for NBA coverage. Remember, you like what you're hearing. You want to subscribe if you're on YouTube. You want to leave a comment. Let us know what you guys think. You're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Leave that five-star review. You do that, we'll keep producing that content. On today's episode, we will be doing the second half of our Rookie Report card. We'll also be talking about the All-Star Game. Voting began on Thursday, and uh, we'll be getting into a, a little bit on that, maybe nominating first-timers and maybe seeing uh, some guys that might return to the game this year. We'll also be talking a bit on Draymond after his uh, length of suspension was announced, a little bit about Jam Morant after his return. And I know a few other things that I know Chris isn't going to want to talk about, but uh, before we get into it, Chris, how you doing, man? I'm good. I, I'm just, I, I'm still really, you, you tried to give me a trigger warning before the, uh, we started recording, like there's going to be something I don't like talking about. And this is the third time now you're just like putting suspense on. So I was good. Now I'm a little stressed. I'm not sure. Do we just bring it up now? Let's go we'll... straight out the bat. <laughs> on Inside the NBA, this was brought up by Shaquille O'Neal. Oh. Is it time that we put... Steph Curry into the GOAT conversation. What do, um, what, do, what do you think? Is Steph Curry in that conversation for the greatest of all time? Yeah, my favorite conversation ever, the GOAT. Uh, the greatest of all conversation. Um, you know what? Let, let's have fun with this. Let's have fun with this. I, I do I do like throwing Steph in the conversation um, because it's a subjective conversation. It's about what you like as a basketball fan. Do you like the fact that LeBron James is a complete player and makes his teammates better? You love how he sees the floor, how he passes, just like how freakishly large but fast he is. Do you love like Michael Jordan and all that? Or do you lo- are you maybe from a newer generation and you grew up with Steph Curry and you grew up with a guy who could break a defense down without even getting the paint, who could shoot from anywhere, from every angle, had I mean th- this guy is a magician. I mean th- this guy is probably, I mean, it. The funny here's the funny thing though. Let's just cut all this conversation out. He's not even going to be in the top five in MVP voting this year. Yeah. And, and so, is it time right now to put him in the goat conversation? No, but it is fun to look at like. Here, I'm, you're, you you put me in this this little like box of like is he the goat? I can't do that, but I mean, if you let me nuance it a little bit, I think he's one of the most special, different players of all time. Like no one has been able to change the game that he has before. I mean, he changed the game, point blank, period, right? And I think everybody knows that. Does that make him the goat? That like how how does that make him the goat? Because I mean, he's. He's still, in my mind, still behind LeBron, still behind Jordan, obviously. And who are you putting him ahead of? Who are you taking out of the, uh, out of the, uh, the top ten? Who are you taking out of the top five? If you're talking about goat conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that that's 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 where it comes to. Like, and even before even getting into that side of it, like put it out there, like he's in the the one debate that that he is the at top of is probably the least debatable thing in the world, the greatest shooter of all time. Like, he is that, and I don't think anyone would disagree with that. I don't think anyone else would put anyone above him ever. That just that just won't happen. He is the greatest shooter of all time. Simples. But 
when it comes to the greatest of all time, as even though Steph Curry is a great, great player, as much as I meant to hate him as a, as a LeBron lover, I'm programmed to hate what Steph Curry has done to my baby boy LeBron. But he is a great, great player. And what he does on the basketball court, like he's just, he's magic. But when you really break it down and you just look at him as an individual, he just doesn't match up with the with the other guys. Like look at like across the board, like finals MVPs, MVPs, NBA first teams as an individual. Steph Curry's got one finals MVP, two MVPs, and four all-NBA first teams. Then you look at like MJ, he's got six, five, and ten. LeBron, four, four, and thirteen. Kareem, two, six, and yep. and uh eleven, I think it was. And then Bill Russell, then you look at him and he's like eleven yep. time champion, five time MVP. They didn't have the all NBA first team the whole time. He's only on it three times, but though he's just that tier below. There's that top tier where the guys that I thought I think you look at the top tier, you're looking like MJ, LeBron, Kareem, Russell for me. Then you have the likes of like a bird, magic, Shaq, Tim Duncan, that kind of teeter between each one. And then you have the likes of Wilt. Kobe, Wilt. Steph, and Wilt. Wilt. They 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 come in that okay. that just that little that little tier below, I think, of the of the truly great ones. But that's not taking away anything from Steph Curry. What he does on the court is magical. The way he's changed the game, I like if we're talking like Mount Rushmore and like you, you you bring in more impact that they've had on the game, then I think you put Steph Curry in that. If like we're talking NBA Mount Rushmore, I'd have Steph Curry on my Mount Rushmore. But in terms of the greatest of all time, I just think he's a tier below that conversation. Is he, I feel like, and this is just like, and all this is like subjective, right? It is. But the, I feel like I put him in the same range of like, of Kobe and Tim Duncan and what they what they meant to the game and obviously like step surpasses that just because like the you know he he didn't himself just revolutionize the game like the game was probably going to go there eventually but he was the catalyst for that so i guess that gives him an edge there but the yeah the the, the goat conversation it's funny because Anytime anyone does it, this is why I hate it, Ronan. This is why I hate it. It's because we're puppets, man. It's we're we're just part of this little wave that got pushed out because the TNT writers knew if they put that up there, that would get the conversation going and we'd be talking. And it is a cool conversation. I think it's cool to look back and just think about it. It is cool to at least nuance things and and think about how different players have changed the game in different ways and and where people stand in history. And just the fact that he stands amongst those guys in history is is crazy. But what's crazier is I think we got more of those guys in our league right now. Like we're in such a golden age of the NBA right now that, like I said, he's not he's not probably going to be in the top five in MVP voting. I don't think this season. And how many guys in our league right now who are young are going to be in this conversation too at the end of their careers if things go healthy and now. I'll, I'll end that on a good note. I wasn't too triggered by that. That's that's yeah, that's yeah, a fine. Yeah, fine yeah for sure. You're all right because because we were talking about Steph, so it was okay. But yeah, well, let's just put it like this: greatest shooter of all time, yes. Huge impact on the game, yes. Greatest of all time, no. But uh, let's move on then. A few other things that have gone down. Let's talk about Jamarant. I mean, Oof. let's just go in and straight up say it. Like he, it's, it's the least he could do after getting a, a needless suspension. But at the same time, like that thing had to be scripted. I mean. He struggles, relatively struggled in the first half. The Grizzlies are down by 19. Then he scores 27 points in the uh, in the second half, has five assists, and scores the game winner. Tell me that's not scripted, but it was it was unbelievable. He he looks 
I mean, the second half, he looked amazing. He looked unstoppable. And um, Pelican's defense, interestingly, you know, just did not load up on him. Especially on the game-winning shot. Like, they they, they played, man. They didn't send help early. They didn't create the wall. And John Morant is one of those guys who you need to create a wall. And it's going to take – maybe he just needs to remind the league, hey, I'm, I, I think he did remind the league right there, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. He is that guy, dude. Like, you can't – when the game is on the line, you can't afford to not double-team him if he gets his foot past the foul strip. You can't afford not to game plan for him to get to the rim because he's going to – you can't one-on-one guard that guy, and he showed it. And, man, it's awesome to see him back. And I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. How many wins will the Grizzlies get with John Morant back in the lineup? Uh, over, it, on, it... over under on, let's say – 29 uh, i think i think mm, just just under i think they'll be around that mark i think they could it depends on how quickly other guys that are injured get back i think, I think that's gonna have a big impact like he you could definitely say that so far this year if jam Morant had been playing start of the year grizzlies will have probably five or six more wins at, at least i think i think you could definitely equate that number to the impact that he has but over the course of these, like they're they're still so injury played. Like obviously they're not gonna get Stephen Adams or Brandon Clark back anytime soon. But like getting Marcus Smart back in there, just getting Ja right really into the flow of it. They're gonna be in a spot where they could get to the the play in, but it it's gonna depend on the other teams kind of dropping off that little bit. They're gonna have to be really strong, I think, when they're playing. Obviously teams in the in the Western Conference, they're the game, games that could become crucial because I think it's going to be tight for them to to really make a push to get into the play-in at this stage. Yeah. I, I If you look at their schedule, they, they've got a couple friendly games coming up. I mean, if they can get the ball rolling with Ja, like, it's 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 such a toss-up. And I've always, they're kind of like the heat for me where this has been the first time where they've looked like mortal in the past two and a half, three years where, you know, when Ja went down before, it's like, they're winning, what was it, like 70% of their games. Never could have imagined that. And then you just stop doubting them. But I don't want to doubt what they could do with him on the floor because they've been practicing with him. He's been with the team. And I think this is huge. We, what we need to think about, too, right now is not the fact that it's just John. Like, he's going to take pressure off of Bane. He's going to take pressure off of uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. What's that going to do for them? I imagine that's going to do big things for them. Yeah, yeah, that's a big thing. And and you mentioned the Miami Heat there, and obviously the Grizzlies just let go of your boy, Kenny Lofton Jr. Would it be your dream if the Miami Heat were to pick him up and turn him into the guy you believed he could be? You know why that's the funniest thing ever? Is because, like, he would be, like, if you if you just, like, know his game and, like, how he's just a very strange type of player. Like, the way you can just get downhill, like a a playmaking big but then you look at his body, bro. How is he going to meet the Miami Heat body fat percentage? <laughs> like, dude, if if Kenny Lofton Jr. goes to the Miami Heat and he meets their requirements, he will be like an All NBA player, like next year, if he goes to the Miami Heat. I'm pencil that in right now. If Kenny Lofton Jr. gets picked up the my by the Miami Heat, that's a that's a future All Star right there. He just comes back next year, jacked, but in the gym with Jimmy all off season long. Nice, nice, yeah. So if you were to make the call now, then you would just say, John Morant back, the Grizzlies will be in the plan or is yes, it too early? Yes, 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 yes. If John Morant is playing, I can't believe that they won't be in the plan. I can't. Like, I, I, I could, we could sit here and talk about 
you know, their their record moving forward, strength of schedule, all that. I don't care. If, if John Morant is playing for the Memphis Grizzlies, and, I mean, obviously, if Bane gets hurt or, or Jaren, God forbid, any of that happens, and they keep getting the guys back, I think they'll be in the play-in. Cool. cool. Feel that. All right. How about one more one more quick bit? Draymond's going to miss at least three weeks. <clears throat> Guess of those three weeks, that'll be 10 games missed. So I think the last game would be January 2nd. So he would have missed 10 games in that span. The Warriors obviously were able to take care of the Celtics thanks to some Steph Curry magic. How important do you think it is for the Warriors to have him back at the very latest at that at that stage? Uh, I think it's more important that the that he misses more games than that. As I said, I think it's very important for them to develop some chemistry with him off the floor and figure out what they have. A ten game, a ten game stretch may not be enough. That might not be enough. And granted, pretty much half the season will have been like lost for him. And it's it's more important right now just to evaluate, be be on the cusp of it, evaluate. What do you got from these other guys? Free up minutes. We know what it'll be. We know what the words will be with with Draymond there. Um, but I mean, how many years do you have left with Steph? Do you think three, four? He's not slowed down at all. Hmm. Like, would would you rather would you rather just try and like patch things back together and hope it works in the playoffs, or maybe you see the light of some of your younger talent and build through that, which has been covered up by you know forcing minutes to Clay, forcing minutes to Wiggins, forcing minutes to Draymond. Let's see what everybody else has. Fifteen right. games, twenty games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a, I like that thought. That's that's that's, that's cool coming from you. Obviously, I know you've always been a big proponent of how important Draymond is. But I like, I he like, is? yeah, I, I, I know, like, you're was... not, I know you're not, not, you're not saying he's not important. But I think what you're saying is definitely, uh, is definitely correct. And obviously, the Splash Bros of late have been really kind of back, uh, have been back and form. Clay kind of looking more, more like his old self, which is uh, important for the team as well. Wiggins still struggling that little bit, but the young guys are having an impact, and uh, obviously the Warriors still in a bit of a lull. But you always think that they're they're the, still the freaking Warriors, so they're probably they're probably going to go on some sort of a ridiculous run behind behind Steph and Clay. But uh, one thing, one last thing I will mention before we get into our our major bits is that the Portland Trailblazers are really starting to show why everyone said they're going to be a fun team this year because mm-hmm. they're in close games. They beat the Suns. Uh, last game like they're in close games they're fun to watch we're seeing great moments from Anthony Simon still from Jeremy Grant the odd bit from Scoot and Shaden Sharp as well and they're like I know everyone says kind of like a bullshit call they're just going to suck when you call them fun but the Glazers or the Blazers are showing why we all said they're going to be a fun team yeah I mean you have you have Scoot Scoot is a fantastic playmaker like that, that that's a guy that once he gets downhill fun things are going to happen Shaden Sharp fun things happen when he goes downhill Anthony Simon's has I mean he learned a thing or two from Dame, like his his shot creation from the perimeter, and then I mean Jeremy Jeremy Grant, great player, Tamani Kamara, great defender. Like you know th- there are guys in this team and their their maturity away, their their team building away from from putting things together. But they're they're fun to watch because I think Chauncey Billups has has developed something here and they're they're growing. I mean I I I liken this to the flashes that we started to see from the Pelicans a couple of years ago. And I think if they keep on this, they'll, they'll go from being fun to very soon next year, maybe being something that we 
actually consider as a threat. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Let's talk All-Stars. Voting began last Thursday. Uh, Where where, where we go this week? We talk about our returner or we put forward our guy that we think is is, is deserving of a a first-timer this year? Let me give a big asterisk because when we first talked about doing this, I spent like, I spent a long time thinking in my head, like, who actually deserves to be, like, a first All-Star? Or, like, to return to the All-Star? Because that, that's what we're doing here. We're, this is a fun exercise because I, I think everyone has their favorite player. And, it, you know, as, as a fan of the Bulls, you know, I always think about getting my guys in there. I was so excited when Zach Levine made his first All-Star game. That, made, that meant the world to me as a big Zach Levine fan. And there's cases to be made for everyone out there. But th- this year, man, it's especially tough. Like all all NBA teams are gonna be tough, let alone all star voting. So to be clear, we are picking first time guys, not because we actually think that they absolutely need to be in the All Star game, but because they have a case to be made. And I, I think just to to lay the land, it's cool. We should have conversations like this because it's it gets it helps us understand like where they are and like the come up that is happening. Um, I think a couple of guys we talk about. They're not there right now, but they're not going to get voted in. Plus, there's so many politics involved with, with getting an all-star vote. But they're well on their way, and, and they're close. So I want to start with the new guys. New guys is fun to me. Okay. And do you want to put forward your 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 new pick? Yes. I, I want you to guess who I'm going to say for the Eastern Conference. Tyrese Maxey? No. Well, are you going to take my pick then? Are you going to take Jalen Brunson? No. Okay, well then you gotta hit hit me. Hit me. Third, Scotty Barnes. Okay. Yes. I'm gonna nominate Scotty Barnes for his first all-star appearance. Nominate again. If you if you're getting mad at me saying this, think back to 10 seconds ago. But I really have just fallen in love with how much he's developed this year as a playmaker. We've talked about it. Now he's at 5.8 assists. He's assisting on nearly a quarter of his teammate shots. And we're putting this in the context of a Raptors team who does not have perimeter shooters, who does not really have, who does not have an effective half-court offense at all, one of the worst half-court offenses in the league. And Scotty is the de facto point guard at times. And what he's continued to do, playmaking from the perimeter, playmaking from the post, and the ball movement that he's had since a rookie, we've seen that vision. That's been amazing. But the question, that's never been the question, you know, I think we saw the flash and it's like, will this grow? Yeah, it's grown. Well, the question was shooting. He's shooting 38% on all threes. He's shooting 42% on catch and shoot threes. Like this dude was getting Ben Simmons treatment last season. Mm-hmm. At the end of last season, just being completely left alone, huge problem from the offensive end. And he's fixed that. And he's still a work in progress on, on the pull-up. But the confidence that he's showing with his shots and the way that he's getting into his spots – like it's it's such great development and it's development towards what I think right now is an all-star player. I mean, this guy on defense, like we were just talking about playmaking, shooting, like everything that you need on offense, he is your go-to guy. He is the guy. And then on defense, I mean, he's 90th percentile on block rate, 85th percentile on steal rate, his rebounding is elite. Like he does it all on both sides of the court and he does it on a team that isn't really doing him a lot of favors for the playmaking side of it. Or anything like that. So big ups to Scotty Barnes for becoming who I think a lot of us thought he would be. And for that reason, send him. Send him the All-Star game. Yeah, that's nice. That's 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 a very interesting pick. I think yours is definitely one that 
he should be in a position that that he should be getting plenty of votes and should be close to it. But I just think he's going to miss out. But I definitely, oh, yeah. in terms of of a player who's grown into himself and really shown himself to be at that all star level this year, I think he he's a he's definitely he's definitely a very good pick. Obviously, I, I already revealed mine there. Uh, Jalen Brunson is my guy. He's <laughs> he's got. I think. Uh, especially when voting has started and what he's done in the last few games, like obviously huge, huge game against the Suns, then another big game against the Lakers. He's in a mode at the moment where he's really playing some of his best basketball. And I think it's coming out of right time as the as the voting is starting to begin. Brunson's been awesome again this year, showing again and again that this is his team. It's not Julius Randle's. Averaging 26, 4 and 6, shooting 46% from deep. Jalen Brunson has been unbelievable since he's come to New York. He's really taken that step that we obviously weren't sure that he had in him after playing those few years with Luca and impressing, but he's done it and he's taken a step up from what he did last year and and looking even better this year. So I think Jalen Brunson's gotta gotta be in the conversation. We're talking first time All Stars. Yeah, I mean, he he's the answer. You know, he's he's the answer. And it's funny that you don't really think uh, if you ask me to think of like first time All Stars like that's not the first name that comes to mind because it feels like Jalen Brunson kind of skipped a step. Like mm-hmm. once he was, once he was with Luca, he went from being a rotation guy to then being the starter. Then be like, Whoa, this guy's a star. And then he's in, on the Knicks and like, Oh, th- this guy, yeah, this guy's a star. And he's an older player. So you, you don't even think about the fact that, you know, he's never been recognized as an all-star. He'd never been to an all-star game before. Um, but dude, the way he's playing, the way he's just elevated somehow still like getting better. Yeah, Jalen Brunson, like, I I wouldn't have thought of him as the first person in terms of a first-time All-Star because he's really skipped these steps. He's already, like, he's already, like, a borderline superstar. Like, the way that he steps onto the court and can immediately turn the game, like, just by himself. We, we just seen it in the past couple of weeks. But um, he's definitely the answer given how just dominant he's been. And, and he's going to be the reason why the Knicks are, if they have a chance to make it deep in the playoffs this season, I mean, Easy, easy, first time All Star, and kind of unexpected given like how how much we just kind of view him as like oh that's that's Jalen Brunson now, mm-hmm. like there there is almost like no arrival besides how he played in the playoffs and how he's been last season, but now it's just like this is who he is. So he needs to be in the All Star game. That's probably the right answer. Scotty Barnes got next, but had to had to give big ups to a younger guy, and Jalen Brunson. I think it'll be it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. You got a guy for the Western Conference, or we go for a returning player? No, I I got a new one for the okay. Western Conference. Um, and it came down to two for me, and and I want to know like your gut response once I say these two names, and uh, and this will kind of be interesting for me. So, Chet or Wemby? Ooh, uh, I got a. Probably have to say Wemby, don't I? <laughs> and, and what, like, for you, why? Like, what, what's, what's your like? Your why? It's just, it's almost just a, it's almost like a, a respect sort of thing. The hype he's come in with, everything, the, the, the buzz around him, everything like that. Exactly. He, 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 he just, he, he has to, he, he, like, it's just that sort of respect sort of thing. He so does that make it the wrong answer? No. No, it is no. the all-star game. And then that's kind of what it was for me. Cause like, if you just compare their games, like it's tough to choose because like what they bring on the defensive end, what they bring, you know, in different ways on the offensive end, like both of them are just like unbelievably gifted and immediately impactful players for their teams. Mm-hmm. But 
one of them is doing it on a winning team. Yeah. And this is this is kind of the interesting thing about like all star all star votes and stuff like that is part of it is like rewarding teams almost for being good because if you're good that means you have good players and you got to reward that not just those players but that team so OKC do they deserve to have two all stars that's another question yes or no yes but not this year yes but not this year they're, they're the second best in the West right. And they've same been case like five. the Timberwolves aren't gonna have to. Timberwolves won't have to. <laughs> you're you're already getting ahead of me now. Um, maybe, but the reason we choose Wemby is because of the fan vote. We choose him because everyone wants to see him there, and he's he's a he's a freak show. Like he he would do insane things, and I don't know. It feels like the wrong move for me. I I feel like I would want to reward Chet because he's been an amazing player in his own right, mm-hmm. and. It feels like that would be ignoring the type of success that the OKC Thunder have had, and what Chet has done for that team. He's like, <clears throat> this is my thing. Think back to last year, the Thunder are this exciting young team coming up, and we're like, hey, they're gonna make the playoffs, and do that. <laughs> they they surpass all expectations, right? And they're like, oh, what are they gonna do next season? Like, they should be making trades. They should think about like making a big move. They should do all these stuff, and they didn't. And we had to think. We're like, well, why? And we're like, maybe it's Chet. Maybe they know that Chet is the guy and he's going to complete them. And he came in and do look at them now. They're, they are they are going to be a force mm. because of Chet. And that's obvious. So do we reward that? And, and I think the answer for me is yes. Yeah, I like, I, I like it. I'd, li- I'd like to see, see Chet there. I mean, you know me, I'm a, I'm a big Chet guy. I mean, if you want to... You you want to have Chet there over Wemby? I I have no problem with that. I just feel like that's not the way that it's gonna go. I feel like Chet maybe won't get the recognition. I think Wemby's that more of an individual. So I think in terms of we're actually being realistic with the voting, I think it's more likely that Wemby gets there. But if we're wanting to give respect to a rookie who's having a massive impact on a winning team right off the bat, then it got to be Chet. Depends what you want to see. You want to see uh forty percent spot up threes and good weak side help, or do you want to see Wemby? Take one step in the free throw line and, and dunk it over three people. I guess. Yeah. I guess Depends so. what you're into, man. Yeah, it's, it's whatever you're into. That, that, that just like you were talking about with the go conversation. Whatever, whatever you're feeling, you know. Yeah, that I, I thought those two guys would be particularly interesting to think about because they're they're not unrealistic. Because Wemby, the fan boat, Chet, I think you know people will give the Thunder a big nod, like, "Hey, you guys are great. Chet's awesome. Why not?" Who's the last rookie to be named an NBA All Star? Since you love pop quizzing me all the time. That's true. Oh, you God. Go. <clears throat> That's rookie to be named an all-star. Since you gave me two minutes to name like 10 people, what, what's the math on that? Like, you, like six <laughs> seconds here? Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, Western Conference. Damian Lillard? It was It was the same, it was the same uh, all-star event where he jumped over a car. So Aaron Gordon, he was Aaron Gordon jumped over the car, no? No. Nope. No, Blake? No, I, yes. Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin, okay. Blake Griffin. And mm-hmm. for that, Yao Ming 2003. So 2011 is the last time Blake. Yao 2003. Last guy before that was a spur. It was Tim Duncan, 1998. Well, they're like it's Wemby's getting out of the... the... The comparisons to uh to, to Tim Duncan, he might as well go and match him yeah. and get a quarter get century later. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. 
I didn't have anyone for the West in terms of a newcomer, but uh, I'll jump over. I'll jump over outside of obviously I was obviously thinking about Wemby and Chip, but outside of that I didn't really have one. But so I'll jump over to my returner, and this is a pretty pretty obvious pick, but I think he's doing things that I don't think was completely expected coming into this year. So I say Kawhi Leonard. Oh, that's the obvious one that I missed. Yep, the obvious one there. I think he's really looking like. The Kawhi Leonard of old, and, and he's played every game this year, which is so huge. And not just playing, he's he's thriving and and really being the lead guy on this Clippers team. They've won eight straight games. He's been absolutely dominant. He's shooting well from three. He's he's looking good on both ends of the floor. And the return of him has been a huge part of what this Clippers team have done outside of the trade for James Harden and the different moves that they've made. Kawhi is back playing like the Kawhi that the Clippers went and got back in uh, back in 2019. Yeah. That's the right answer. That that's probably the right answer. Um I I can't believe I missed that. Yeah. The the, the fact is that Kawhi has not been to an all-star game in forever. It feels like just cuz of the injuries and everything, but dude has been on a tear. I mean, he he <laughs> where does he stand in MVP? But this is a crazy thing. Like how many guys have like legitimate cases for MVP votes and this dude's played every game? This man is locking down everybody. He looks like himself again. His shooting percentages are back up. Like, he looks like Kawhi Leonard. And that's just pretty simple. Like, if Kawhi Leonard looks like Kawhi Leonard, like, oh, that was the guy who was second to LeBron five years ago? Like, where does, where do you rank him amongst everybody? Like, the rankings, all, all the journalists out there who have to do rankings and stuff like that for their job and make good arguments on that in good faith, like, this is a tough season to do it. Really tough season to do it, but no, that that's the correct answer. I'd say, um, I kind of half revealed mine before. Um, do you remember back when there were GM surveys and they picked Carl Anthony Towns as the guy to build around, not Anthony Davis, not Bill the Blank, who's Carl Anthony Towns? Those, <laughs> those were some golden years, right? Averaging twenty six points per game, and saying he's the greatest shooter of all time, greatest big shooter of all time. And things have kind of just like, in terms of his stardom, faded. Just deficiencies in the regular season on defense, getting exposed in the playoffs. And that's just really taken away from what we see him today. But I think I was a big hater. And I don't know if I've apologized yet. Have I? No. Are we having a formal apology? No. Really? Okay. All right, if we did, I'll do it again. Because like, I am sorry, Carl Anthony Town. Like, like, Timberwolves are like top five team in the league this year. We've already talked about their defense. And he's a part of that. He's a part of that. Like, he's not dragging that defense down. Like, he's doing a lot of things he's being asked to do. And the shooting's back. I mean, this dude is back offensively. Like, after terrible, this is even counting just the terrible first couple weeks where it's like, oh, here we go. Another bad season. He's now averaging 22 points per game. Nine and a half rebounds. Three assists. And he's shooting on 55, 42.490 splits after what had to have been the worst couple weeks of basketball he's ever played in his life that considered into those numbers and he's his elevated play is that's one of the reasons the wolves are the best team in the west and like i was saying before like those teams especially the ones on the come up like you kind of think hey do they deserve two all-stars maybe yeah maybe it's cat maybe he deserves a return who knows but i'm gonna i'm gonna tip my cat to cat and say hey bring him back to the all-star game yeah for sure i mean i we i think we were both kind of ragging on him, especially to start this year. But 
Ant kind of gone in and out of the team a little bit with a few injuries. And Towns really has really stepped up. He's been a, a huge part of this Timberwolves' success. He's looking more like a plus defender. He's been the top scorer for them in a, in a lot of games. He's kind of been the consistent uh, part of them outside of, of Rudy Gobert. He's been that consistent guy on both ends of the floor. It's a reason why they're a top defense. It's a reason why they've won as many games as they've had. And I think it would, it would be justified if Cat and uh, if both Cat and And were named as All Stars. Just justification for the T Wolves after so much questions about them last year. Oh yeah, they're doing to start this year. And just Cat as an individual, the the turnaround that he's had after after his difficult starts. Props, props to him, like you said. So yeah, I think I went with the obvious pick. I think you probably maybe maybe you went with the right pick. Hmm. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. But probably, probably Kawhi. Probably Kawhi, the guy that might get thrown some MVP votes. But um, this this is the the fun thing about the 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 fun and the bad thing about All Star voting is what we're gonna end up doing, and what I promise we'll try not to do in this podcast is. Compare guys and then tear other guys down just to see. Okay, we got to get this guy in. What's wrong with those players? Like, there's so many, so many players, um, and I feel like we need an expansion. I feel like we need to expand the rosters. I don't know. Is there any way to get more guys in there? Because there's just so many legitimately deserving players of an all star nod. Um, what does it even mean for an all star to be an all star anymore? Big questions. No answers here, but maybe next year. Yeah, maybe that's too big, too big of a uh, question to answer uh, at this stage. But yeah, it's definitely interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what guys get in. There's always there's always a couple of surprise picks. They're probably going to have a few injuries, and we're going to have to get some reserve guys in as well. So a couple of extra guys might be able to uh, to get nods on that side of it. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see who who the first timers end up being, who the returners end up being. It's definitely going to be a year where. Guys could get votes based off the success their teams had, not just individual success. I think that's definitely this is definitely a year where things like that happen. Like you think of like Franz Wagner and Bancaro over with the Magic and and uh, and different guys like that. It's definitely going to be there's going to be a lot of votes spread out. I know obviously you can vote for forever on the on these All Star so it's, it's going to be interesting. I'd say the the number of players that could get votes this year could be could be a record high. Yeah, and I <laughs> I have a great question. Who's gonna be the Andrew Wiggins of this year's vote? Who's who is someone that's gonna get voted in that people are gonna get pissed off about? Ooh, that's a that's a very interesting question. I don't know. Would you would, would like like a if Lamelo like Ball J, would like James Harden get that? Be like would that be like? Oh my like god! That? Yeah, I mean if it, I mean it, a lot of it had to do with you know overseas voting, right? You know the the this league is an international league and. Andrew Wiggins apparently had big K-pop fan base. <laughs> um, but LaMelo Ball, I mean, he's like one of the most popular, popular players of this yeah. generation among kids. Like he easily could be one of those guys who just like randomly gets gets voted in. Um I I, I think he that would be a funny one if he made it. Like he's he's having a great year, but someone who just doesn't uh that that would not make sense. And like, I don't even know when he's going to be back uh, before before the All Star break. Like obviously he was on a great he was on an absolute tear, an unbelievable tear that he was on. If he was still healthy and still on that tear, yeah, he's one hundred percent an All Star. But he's going to be out for an extended period. He's still going to be out for another few weeks, as far as I'm aware. So yeah, like like how often is he actually on the floor? That's that's the big thing there. Yeah. So so do we talk about rookies? 
Yes, but we do. I think I think it's time it to complete our rookie report card. I'll let you take the reins here. Let's go. Um, and oh, I I'm sorry. I need to do this though. We we this has been on my brain before we leave All Star, the Magic. Do the Magic deserve an All Star? We talked about teams deserving All Stars. Magic has this big turnaround. Everyone loves talking about the Magic. Are you going to give them an All Star? I'd probably say no, because no one is doing anything overly exceptional or anything like that. But I think for the success they've had, they deserve one. I, I, I would say that. I think Paulo might sneak in like on the coaches, mm-hmm. but I, he could. But I digress. We will move on to our rookies. Last week, we had the great opportunity to talk about Raina Miller, SR, Chet, Jaquez, and Wemby. This year, we're going to talk about a few guys who we maybe did not have the chance to talk about their teams, one of which, Bilal. I don't know who's talking about the Wizards, um, and if it's good things. But this is a great thing. We get to talk about a guy like him. We're talking about uh, Jordan Hawkins real quick, Keontae George. Uh, quick shout-out, Camaro, Derek Lively. Let's get into it. I, I want to talk first about uh, about Bilal. Um, Bilal Koulibaly, uh, Wemby's teammate. The guy was like a big question mark. Like he started raising up in the uh, the draft boards early on. Kind of had to figure out who he was, and just like this super lanky, long, like some people said, mini Giannis looking kid, who played incredible defense, questionable jump shot, could handle the ball, and just wasn't sure who he was. Like looking at him right now in the NBA and like what he's doing, uh, facing NBA offenses, like the flashes we're seeing from him defensively. That's like the biggest thing I've seen from like. Talking about a grade is tough for a player who plays for the Washington Wizards, but all things considered, I, like this this dude could really he could be we could be sleeping on a guy who has tremendous two way potential. Um, what what say you? In terms of a grade, I'll probably go maybe like a B minus because obviously he hasn't really popped yet, but what he's delivering in the limited opportunities that he's getting is is huge obviously he's he's averaging 9.4 points per game he's averaging a steal a game i think as well shooting 52 percent from the field 42 percent from three he's coming off the bench for the most part like he's taking a lot less shots than some of the guys above him in terms of scoring like uh jack has like Wemby, like chet like he's taking a lot less shots than that those guys are he's de- he's delivering where he can and the flashes that he's getting it, it makes me kind of want to be like Come on, Wizards! Can you just like trade off of Kuzma or or Pool and kind of just get 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 this young guy a few more opportunities? That like he's he's definitely shown enough to for me to definitely be wanting that to happen in Washington. Yeah, yeah, it's he he's one guy who like you're like okay that that's someone you can build around. Really, I think so. Um, I mean, you look at him, dude's like tiny. He's one hundred ninety five pounds, and so that makes when he's you look at him, he's like, oh, he's six seven. You can't even tell because he's like that small. And the seven two wingspan, but that comes out, dude. His hands are everywhere. I I, I just need to like talk about his defense because that that's just the most amazing thing about me for for a rookie to be flashing like that. His instincts on defense is fantastic, mm-hmm. and they can use him in so many different ways. And it's really hard to tell because Washington sucks at defense, but he's in one bright spot. I mean, his he has great feel for me a health defender and recovering he has great quick snappy hips on on ball defense and like he still takes a lot of risks so he's plays like a rookie for sure he's he's not he's not the sound guy that asar thompson is but 
at his position, I mean, he's he's a guy that could defend one through four. Like once he gets an NBA body, and like how you can't name a lot of guys like that. So just looking at the potential, like what he's flashed, like he's a guy that could play like serious deep. Like he's he's gonna be an anchor type of defender in this league. And then offensively, that that was a big question mark. He really can get downhill, man. Like he he doesn't have a flashy handle, but he's got a good enough handle and he's got the quickness in the first step to be an amazing cutter. Wade can just get to the rim, and once he gets there, he's got some good footwork getting to getting to the basket and scoring. Like he he's shown enough of a framework where if the Wizards did do it, you're saying like, all right, look, this is a guy that we want to build around. I I think that's very valid. Like he's a guy that you you could see that with. So B minus with the I'm gonna give him a B just because of that part. He he's shown enough where it's not like, oh hey, this is gonna be a good rotation player. This is a good role player. He's shown enough where I'm like, dude, if this guy gets an NBA body, how good is that guy? Especially now that you know that he can catch and shoot. Like he still needs to fix that jumper. He's he's not gonna really do it off the off the bounce just yet. He hasn't shown that he's he has that that kind of skill. But what what he's able to do right now, like that that's it that's very good for the Wizards to have at least one shining potential star after I, I don't know what we've seen from their picks the last few years not much uh, a, whole, a whole lot of nothing so yeah wizards come on let's let's see some more below we, we we need more below i think even your fan base would would want more below what do you want to go do next Derek lively Derek yeah, lively yeah guy i really liked watching <clears throat> uh had a massive impact on this dallas team you can notice the games when he isn't playing you notice the difference when he's not on the floor he had that unbelievable performance when they went uh, toe-to-toe with Chet when he had that 2016 7-block game playing against Chet. He's looking like a guy that they've been wanting to get for since for like, what last five, six years since they got Luka. Obviously, he's still a ways to go in terms of really being that consistent uh, rim protector, rim runner, but from what we've seen so far and what was guess was it was expected he's having a ma- massive massive impact he's definitely getting a b grade from me could be higher but the things that he's done and the fact that he's slotted in as a starter with this team so early is huge yeah and you you said it impact 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 you look at his counting numbers it's like oh whatever but you got you got if you watch him on the floor it's absolutely correct and if you look at the impact metrics the mavs are 10.8 points better with him on the floor than without that is a rookie ladies and gentlemen that is a rookie center first of all and that was my first question like how long is it going to take for him to fit into this and i know it's going to be a huge help to have guys like Kyrie and Doncic really be able to to set things up for him offensively but defensively and on the defensive end teams are scoring 7.4 points per 100 possessions less than they normally do with him on the floor than without that is 91st percentile. And those are numbers of a good starting center. And that's from your rookie. So it's amazing that they were able to really scout this guy and know that he was going to have this impact because I think a lot of people had questions about his performance um, last season at Duke. He really didn't show out the way that they thought he would. And, man, he's, he's, been, made, he's been solid in the drop. That's something that a lot of bigs struggle with, you know, figuring out, you know, how to play in the drop as a – as a young center is something that takes centers, you know, a couple, couple of years, takes some time. And he's, he's figured it out solidly um, in terms of rim protection. And he's right up. He's right outside of the top 10 and block percentage. So I really believe that he's going to be 
a long time running mate, long time running mate of of Dodgers. I think they found their guy, and I think for that, you call me generous. I'm giving him an A. Yeah, because he's right. done exactly what they want him to do immediately, pretty much, and yeah. e easy score for him because like you're, you're comparing him to other guys where there's a lot more expectations, but he's really done exactly what they asked him to do and and some. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think that's fair. I think I, I'd be willing to 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 uh to bump up my grade there. I think, but uh, yeah, I mean, lively. Obviously, maybe it's obviously benefited the uh the Mavericks' his performance with uh, with Duke last year. Maybe that's why he kind of fell a few extra places to them. <laughs> but uh, one thing I will also mention, I, I I really like his touch around the rim. He he has a nice little kind of half yeah. sort of hook shot. He he, yeah. he he hits quite well. Like he's, I think, I don't know if he's leading the league in uh, field goal percentage. He's got to be up there. He's seventy three percent. So. He's got to be something close to uh, to leading the league in that. Obviously, he's taking shots around the rim, but it's not just dunks and, and like putbacks. Like he's got a nice touch around the rim, and if he can continue to build on that, like this is a like you said, this is definitely a long term runner made for Luka Doncic. Yeah, and he's 70, 72nd percentile as a role man, and scoring one point two eight points per possession. That's just below the likes of Kristaps, Chet, Carl Anthony Towns. Pretty good names to be next to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well done, well done, well done, Dallas. You finally found a nice, a nice draft piece after after Luca. <laughs> Bad time. Um, quick name to drop because I think, unfortunately for Mister Hawkins, um, his game might be under wraps, but it's not his fault. I mean, th this dude was on pace to have the most threes of any rookie, including Steph Curry. Like all, he, dude was shooting six threes a game, six threes a game as a rookie. You know, Pelicans had all those injuries, and it's just insane how many times that they can just draft a good wing. I mean, he slots in, has great energy, is a little bit small for his position, but he competes. I mean, this dude, the thing that's great to see from rookies that we said for a few other guys is the presence they bring on the floor. Like, are they really there? Are they pushing too much? Are they not knowing where to be? Like, he's always in the right spot relocates great as a shooter and I think projects to be like a rotation level starter. I, I think he is a great shooter and probably will be in the league for a long time because he's a high volume shooter. Um, but man, he's, he's going to be stuck in that rotation. Trey Murphy's back. You got Dyson Daniels is a very important defender for them. And oh yeah, that guy named Herb Jones and oh yeah, some other guy named Brandon Ingram. Like it's insane how many wings they got. Um, I didn't mean to turn this into a, a trade request time, but <laughs> guys like Jordan Hawkins, I mean, he's he's a very cheap buy for someone who needs a young shooting wing, and he's shown it. Like that, that's what's awesome about these guys. They have a moment, they have an opportunity, they show they showcase their ability, and I think any team can look at that tape and be like, hey, that guy's that guy's a good player. That guy's a good shooter. I'm I'm for the opportunity he got. I'm gonna give him a B plus. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's probably fair. I think obviously he was averaging eleven points per game, and he's he's shooting thirty six percent from three, which is for the volume that he's shooting at as a rookie. Like that's a that's really solid. Like, and uh, he's had three games scoring twenty five plus. Like he's he's certainly done enough in the opportunities that he's gotten to really show what he has the potential to do. Like you said, yeah, he's going to get a bit more stuck now. We're not going to see as much of him now that that the Pelicans are healthy. But what we did see is more than enough to show that. Maybe his future doesn't rely on New Orleans, obviously, with all the players that they do have. But he's definitely going to be a guy that other teams will want to look at and other teams will consider 
investing in because of what he brings and what he could could be a part of in the future. Yeah. Um, well, quick hit on him. Good for Jordan Hawkins. Good for New Orleans. Just constantly finding wings. Uh, you don't need to hog them all. Other teams need shooting wings. Please share. Let's talk about Keontae George. Um, somehow the Utah Jazz, uh, deep, 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 deep in the lottery, find their starting point guard of the future. Apparently, Keontae George is not being included in any sort of trade discussions. Meanwhile, they're dangling Lowry out there for a million picks. How good has this kid been? And maybe, I wouldn't say he's been that good that they that they 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 they've been well, so convinced. But obviously, they know more. They relatively. Know more than man, I do. We're talking about rookies here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they 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 obviously know more than I do. But uh, in terms of what he has offered, it's it's been a nice spark for uh, for Utah. We're kind of seeing him as a he's been he's been a rookie. Like let, let's let's remember we're talking about rookies here. Like he's a guy that eleven points, uh, three boards, uh, five five assists. Shooting, but the shooting has been poor. Thirty six, thirty two splits. Like that's that's a a weak side of his game. But again, he's a rookie. He's had seven games where he's had seven plus assists. I mean, he's he's shown the flashes. The team clearly believes in him. He was the sixteenth overall pick. I mean, that's that's a pretty impressive to get a guy that you believe is going to be your future point guard only after only after a few months at at the sixteenth spot. So far, I'd probably going to give him like maybe a. Maybe I'm being harsh, but I'd say maybe a C plus because the Jazz Whoa. have struggled. He's had he's had probably as many bad games as he had good, but the flash is there, and and it's always tougher to uh, truly judge a rookie that's going to be a a point guard. I think compared to other positions, point guard I think is a really hard position to come in at straight off the bat and really show your best self. But what he has shown it has been impressive. Yeah, and I think the the shooting percentages are are tough because. He's doing it on ball. He's doing it as a primary creator. And Utah is basically handing the keys to do that. And that's why that that's for me why I increase his grade a bit, because I put it into the context of a rookie who doesn't yet have the NBA body, but has the NBA feel. And the, the feel he has to get to his shots and the kind of the, the little quirks to his game, having having that floater game. Being able to to shoot off the bounce in the pick and roll, being able to to shoot in the middle of the floor, and the vision that he has, especially in the pick and roll. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, I think the the little things he has to his game that you don't expect from a rookie kind of like jumps off the page. Like, even though the shots don't get down, they look good. They they look really good, and they they look smooth. They they don't look forced, and they're not random. And you can tell that he has that IQ to to really pick apart defenses. And obviously, that the shot just hasn't come yet. And that comes with NBA pressure. Like he, this is real NBA defense, and he doesn't have an NBA body yet. And I think the the thing that people were concerned about the most for him was physicality and mm-hmm. does lack of burst and athleticism kind of hold him back a bit. But I think we've seen enough where that's not going to. And just look at his thirty point game against OKC. Like he he really has flashes of being a primary creator, not just for himself, but for others. And I don't know, that's in the 16th pick. No one was expecting it. No no one had him on like their watch out for this guy kind of list. So I'm going to give him a B. Maybe I'm a nice grader. You're you're a tough one, clearly. Mm. Like Utah should be making the playoffs if he's a good player or something. (laughs) Um, 
but I, I've been impressed from what I what I've seen so far, especially in in the flashes. Um, you know, doing that nineteen points against New Orleans as well. He's had a few really great games and the playmaking. I, I got to give it to a rookie point guard at least. Like, look look at our guy Scoot. Mm-hmm. We're not talking. We're not talking about our our guy Scoot. We we already have, but we we know how hard it can be for a rookie point guard and point blank period. Keontae's been awesome given the pressure he's been put under. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're probably you're probably right there. I think that's probably fair. Yeah, that's what I thought. And let's talk about someone who probably won't make any headlines, but I got to give a quick shout out to to Monty Camara, not the rookie that I thought I'd be talking about with the Blazers at this point of the year. But again, like the theme of the season is rookie defenders. And this dude's an animal. Like you, you if you're watching any Portland Trailblazers games, you're probably watching Scoot. You're probably watching Shaden. And then you're probably watching Simons and then Grant in that order. But if you peel your eyes away from them and take a look at uh, Tumani Camara, there's a reason why um, he's on the, he's getting all these minutes. I mean, this guy's a great defender, and he's. It's funny that we we look at this team, we don't see them having all this good defense because they have him, and they have Matisse Thybulle. But I mean, Tumani Kamara is a fantastic defender, and if he can put together an offensive game, like he'll be in the league for a long time. That this guy is long. He can defend multiple positions. He can switch, and this is a guy that I I think that Portland will stick around with for a while. Yeah, I mean, he's been a surprise guy. I mean, you you. Not, not obviously, not the big name, not the rookie. Obviously, like you said, that we thought we'd talking about with, uh, with Portland, but he's been a big part of why they've been the fun team that I mentioned them being uh, er- earlier on in the podcast. And yeah, he's obviously a bit of a bit of a random one, but he's had a big impact, and it's just kind of the the, the side of it as figuring out, like we've seen with Matisse Thybul, like what a player he could have been if he was somehow able to figure out how to have an offensive game. That's it's obviously it's a big hole to try and figure out. But if he can do it, that changes things. And even if not, even if he is just an elite defender, maybe he won't be a prized asset, but he'll still be a guy that's capable of, of uh, maintaining a, a good long career in the NBA. Yeah. Well, fun fact, Matisse Thibault is still shooting 40% from three. How many attempts? I, I, I will pull that up right now. Like, this has gone completely unnoticed. The guy who was, like, the best wing defender in basketball last season is now shooting 40% from three on wait for it. Like do they do they trade him or they keep him? I keep if him. he if he gotta give me gotta give me this on how many attempts per game bro three four 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 five like he's taking threes he's doing it on 3.8 attempts per game. Okay. It's not bad. Put right. some respect on Matisse Thibault's yeah. name. Fair play. That's, that's <laughs> good. I was thinking you were going to say like sub three. If it was anything sub three, I, would like, okay, I was scared. I was anything. not yeah. sure. I was not yeah, sure. That's All a pretty, that's that a pretty nice, that's a pretty nice number to be shooting 40%. Yeah. Fair play. Yeah. Good, good lad. Good lad, Matisse. Good to see you. Good to see you. <laughs> I, I, lo- I love when those come up. Our last one, Brandon Pajimski. Remember when we talked about Brandon real quick last season? We're like, oh, this guy's like leading the country in scoring. He's like the best shooter in the country. Um, I wonder who's going to get him. It better not be the Warriors. <laughs> and here we are. What have you thought about him so far? Uh, great impact player. Obviously, he's doing it in a difficult situation. He's coming into a team that are expecting to be a winning team straight off the bat. He's expected to have 
a positive impact straight off the bat. There's not really that learning curve for him in that situation. But what he's shown is to be a really great impact player. He's obviously, like I said, playing for a winning team. It's tough to come in and do. What he is doing is he's fitting right in with the Warriors uh, The Warriors mantra. He is shooting 40% from three. He's coming in averaging eight and a half points per game, five boards, three assists. I mean, this guy has been a big impact player. He started the last few games. He obviously went out last night against the uh, against the Celtics. Uh, so hopefully that's not too serious of an injury. But he's definitely a, a guy that I'd give a I'd give him a B rating. Obviously not going not going crazy, but he's been a big impact player and what's been a difficult start to the year for the Warriors. Yeah, he he's very interesting for me because I, I think when you look at him as a player, I, I think you kind of come up with a lot of stereotypes, you know. Like you you've seen your your Doug McDermott's, you've seen your uh your Jimmer Fredettes, and you here here's the next iteration. You got Brandon Pajimski, all right. What is he going to do in the NBA? He does a lot of things. He, You know who he reminds me of at times? He reminds me of Kevin Herter. Because mm-hmm. Kevin Herter does a lot of the little things. He does a lot of the cutting. But he will set some screens. He will he will take some charges. He will dive in for some rebounds. He'll go for some loose. He's always moving. He's a very active player. He's not just, like, hunting for shots. And Pajinski has shown that. I mean, it's, it's awesome that he's earned. That's why he's earning playing time right now is because, like, he doesn't just bring it um when he gets to shoot the three like he will attack and close out try to get in the paint and that's surprisingly he's been pretty good at that so it, it leads me to question like you know what's what's the scope of his game because he's not just hucking threes when when he's uh just not just a catch and shoot kind of guy he's not just uh put him in a corner space him out like he's he's shown a lot being able to to be a, a dynamic scorer and i'm i'm curious I'm curious about his game. Some people, there are some people out there are in the Brandon Pajimski camp that are like, yo, sell that, like put him in the starting lineup, like buy clay. <laughs> like, and he's earned it to, to a certain degree, given his level of activity, like what he shows, he shows a lot more toughness and he shows a lot more than just being that typical kind of mold of a, of a really successful shooter in college. So I'm intrigued and I will add on a B plus because of that intrigue but okay and he reminds you of kevin herter of course not just because he <laughs> also wears a headband and has that sort of hair right that's what, that's, that's what <laughs> no nothing nothing yeah, to do okay. i just explained myself Rona. okay i gave every reason <laughs> specifically why but it, it it doesn't help it doesn't help that they do kind of look very similar but yes Yes, yes, that's 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 the main reason we all know. Okay, yes. just making that clear that we're all we're all clear on what, what really why they really look like reminding you of each other. But uh, yeah, is that 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 is that close us out? We got anyone else to to name? Um, I think we we kind of already shout out Julian Strother. Julian Strother's great. We already kind of shout. We, we did a little Nuggets thing before, but Peyton Watson, awesome. Julian Strother, awesome. Nuggets always find those guys. Um, that is it for this segment. I would not be surprised moving forward. How many other rookies we have to talk about? Um, I think overall theme of the year, like I said, the defense, the impact has been so insanely impressive this season. How many years have we had over the decade where, you know, it's a big wait and see for these guys. But most of these guys we just talked about, Derek Lively, the impact, obviously Chet and Wemby, the impact they have. And um, I don't know if you can really measure impact of Bilal at the moment with the Wizards, maybe in the future. But I think that wraps it up for me. Yeah, and I think, I mean, obviously, it's obviously, maybe it's too early to say, but 
early early days, it's definitely looking like this is going to prove to be a, an extremely strong uh, yeah. draft class. Even obviously, you take Chet out of it because he was drafted previous year, but uh, in terms of the rest of the draft class, I think it's going to prove to be a really strong one. So since we're finished with that, we'll have to go over and time for me to really ruin your day yet again. Are you serious? Three, of course. three pods in a row? Yeah, man, this is part of it now. This is this is a thing. Me ruining Ugh. me ruining your life. It's it, it's a it's a big part of this uh, right. podcast, and we it's how we have to finish still. off each let's episode. So let's see how like this this should be an easy one. Like I'll, I'll be honest with you. This you this say that every be... time, and it's because you have a list in front of you and you prepared it. Of course okay, but I'm gonna <laughs> ask you to name every player to average thirty points per game since 1990. And I'll I'll put it out to you. Are you serious? I'll put it to you this way. Since 1990? Biggest. These are only the big names have done it. Average over their career or one time? No, no, no. Like one time, maybe more. You only have to name them once. If they did it, I'll tell you how many times they did it. But yeah, they've done it at least one time during their career. And I'm not trying to trick you here. These are all big names that have done it. Okay. 30 points per game since 1990. This is good, honestly. This is keeping me honest because I feel like this is my weak spot in my NBA knowledge is is a little bit of history. So when you when you kick it back a couple decades, it it, it's it's tough. All right. Okay. 30 points per game one time. Let's start with the easy ones. Kevin Durant. Yes. Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Steph Curry, LeBron James. Yes. Um, and then we're gonna kick it over to we know that. Uh, Joel Embiid has done it recently, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to think about. I'm thinking modern. Who's been doing this modern era? And Mello probably did it as well. Mello, Mello did not do it. No way. No, really. He okay. did not. Okay. Um, Luca. Yep. Luca's done it. Um, okay, I think that might do it over the last like five nope think about last year remember last year every player and their mother did it <laughs> this is true um so last year i i don't think Jokic did that he did not um who did it last season that might be uh i might have to come back to that all right so going backwards obviously since 1990 we're talking about michael jordan mm-hmm. uh did Carl Malone? He did. Carl Malone. Um, that was the last of the '90s guys. The rest were the other ones were early 2000s, and then and then uh, the 2010s and 2020s. Um, Kobe did it. He did. Uh, Shaq. Shaq definitely did it. Shaq did not do it. No way. No. Shaq did not do it. I think he did okay. 29.7. He, he's always 30. I think he did 30 a few times in the playoffs, but never never regular season. Okay. Um. Vince Carter? No. But Tracy McGrady. Think, Tracy McGrady. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm surprised. I, I would have thought Vince would have had one season. Um Alan Iris? Yep, four times. Yep. Um one more, but that was from the two thousands. Only one more from the two thousands? Yeah. Late late two thousands. Paul Pierce? No. Um is it is it kind of a random? No, no. In a sense, sort of, but Grand I, Hill. I would, Grand uh, Hill. Grand no. Hill. Mm. Um, we mentioned him in the, and he was, a, he was, a, he was a name that came up in the last quiz. I don't think that Dwayne had a thirty point. He did. He did in two thousand nine. He, he did. Yeah. 
just before just before LeBron came to town. That's All right, funny. the rest of them are are more are more modern day. We got three from last season, or sorry, four from last season, and one more one you may have forgotten about. Just from last season, still playing. Just from last season. Um, did Tatum score thirty points per game? He did. He did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if he was running the class with like 29. Are you rounding up here? Like 29 point. No, no, no. These are all these are all over 30. <laughs> 30 or more. Yeah. All right. So do we have the 20 teens now? The 2000 teens? Yeah. Yeah, we got like we got uh got it's around around the 2020, around like 2018 to 2020. This guy one of the guys did it, did it a couple of times. Okay. Uh we already said that. So it's like KD. Big, big 30 point per game scores. Who's going? Off. This is a guy you would you Devin, would forget about. I would forget about. You would forget about, but he still uh, he still is a superstar in this league. Oh, Trey Young. No. Bit older. Um, Just I, got traded this past off season. Um. Did I say Harden? I said Harden. You said Harden. I did say Harden. Um, got traded this past off season. Um. I hate these, man. <laughs> Who? East or West? Yeah, uh, you went from the East to the West. East or West? This should be obvious. I, I like, I, I know this. I definitely know this. Yeah. This is in my brain. I just need to find it. Um, and it's still not James Harden, East to West. Oh, oh, yeah. Brad Beal. Bingo. Yes, Did that easy twice. to forget about because he never plays. Yep. All right, you got three more. I don't think you, you may have mentioned a couple of these guys. What, I didn't. What, what years? Uh, two of them did it last year. Actually, they all did it last year, but the one of them did it uh, before that as well. Oh, my God. All right. Oh, my, oh my God. Giannis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't believe I forgot that. And Dame. Yes. Yes. There you go. The final one to mention, a favorite of this podcast, uh, a favorite team of this podcast. Ja? Not Ja. I was like, oh, that's my favorite. Yeah, that, that, that's that's out there. He's he's not 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 quite on Ja's on Ja's level of favoritism, but we're, we're we're coming around to this team a lot. Yeah, like one single brain cell that I had thought uh, Julius Randall for a second. Um, <laughs> Your favorite. We hate you, um, on this podcast. <laughs> you, you do. Um, man, last year, mm-hmm. last year, that 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 does remind me just how much scoring there was. Um, if we're thinking about our favorites, our favorites, it wasn't on the Pelicans, it wasn't on the Grizzlies. We have a lot of favorites. We do. We um, we show a lot of love on this podcast. Um. Uh, the, the Bulls are not my favorite. They're my least favorite. Western Conference. Um, it, no. Um, Got this. It's there. De'Aaron Fox? Not De'Aaron Fox. Oh, Come my on. God. Come on. You're going to get it. <laughs> I already said Steph. You did? Um, I, I said Devin Booker, didn't I? He wasn't an answer. He was not. A, he has not done it. Oh my god! We always oh end god. on the obvious one. Come on, you got this. Guard or wing? Yes, guard. guard. 
how am I forgetting a guard that scored 30 points per game last season on a team that we talk about? Mid-range maestro. Kevin Rand. Brandon Ingram? No. Come on, man. DeMar DeRozan? No. Oh, man, you're really really disappointing (laughs) me. He is from Canada. Oh, my God. Yeah, I should have had that one. I should have had that one. Yeah, yep. You want to say it there? No, I'm I'm sure sure everyone already knows it. It's it's Shay. It is Shay. It is Shay. I would have thought I would have thought you got that a bit quicker, but hey, see that that's that's a that's a good bias kind of exercise. It's a good bias exercise. Is is Shea now in your like mind as oh obviously he's like a superstar scorer that's what he should be. He is like on the top of my mind, but if you if you dig back the bias like he hasn't established it probably in my deep psyche. Like he will, he is Shea is that Shea will be in that level when, once I think about it. Okay, all right. There you go. That was I'm nice. Sorry, I see, see, like you, you got there. Like you actually, like, like, like usual. You forgot the ones that I thought you would get, but uh, yeah. I mean, you did good there. See, I told you it wasn't a trick. I, t- I told you that'd be a pretty right, easy. That one, that one wasn't get. as painful. That one wasn't as painful. No, you got there. That, that's okay. Good. But when you start off with saying fill in the blank since 1990, like my heart, my my blood pressure just went through the roof. <laughs> I know you like to. I know you want to learn about your history. You know me. I'm a, I'm a history buff. I'm I'm just I'm the loser who's sitting at home on his computer looking up NBA stats of all time. We so, we, we appreciate that, Renner. We're all smarter <laughs> for it. Thank you. I, absolutely, but that's gonna do it for today's podcast. Again, happy holidays to everyone, Chris. Happy holidays to you. Thank you for hopping on with me. Appreciate it as always. Enjoy the basketball over the Christmas period. Let's see how Jamarant keeps on trucking. Let's see what guys end up in the All-Star game. Let's see what happens with Draymond Green. It's all ahead of us. There's still going to be plenty more to cover, and we'll have it all for you here on Coast to Coast. But remember, take every shot and love every moment. And more importantly, have a great Christmas, everybody.